0: Well, Happily Ever After, the theme of Happily Ever After cries loudly for a story that begins once upon a time, and uh, once upon a time, I was a professional princess. Of course, that was long ago, long, 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 long time ago, uh, in a galaxy far, far away known as California. It was my first date with Jerry, uh, who would become the love of my life, and we immediately bonded over a half a gallon of chocolate chip ice cream. So I knew we had a shared passion and respect for that fourth food group, and indeed, we celebrated our anniversary for years going to Baskin Robbins and sampling all 31 flavors. (laughs) Well, the next part of our date destination was to attend a performance workshop of instant theater and this was an evening that would influence the rest of our lives. Now instant theater was an innovative theater form invented by Rachel Rosenthal who has been described as just a building if you consider the Taj Mahal just a building. Her partner was King Moody who later became Ronald McDonald Uh, the fifth Ronald McDonald, and uh, had the longest run of any Ronald McDonald for 16 years. (laughs) But um, I'd I'd like to share with you a little bit more about instant theater. In fact, I could share a lot more with you because I wrote my master's thesis about it, the creative process. But in a nutshell, instant theater um, was a spontaneous theater collective where the words the costumes, the lights, the set. Everything was improvised. There was no script, there was no director, and we never repeated a story. So we kind of thought of ourselves as building these magnificent sandcastles. But it was okay that the ocean was gonna come and just wipe it all away. Now, keep in mind too, this was California in the 60s. Yes. Age of Aquarius. <laughs> New age. And when people didn't say hi. They said, what is your sign? And it was Hollywood because everybody was in the movies, or they wanted to be in the movies. You could make a sure bet that your server in any restaurant was writing a screenplay and had a picture and a resume handy. So we, in Hollywood there was a very glamorous audience. And we, I mean, I remember one night, Mae West came in a limousine with an entourage of handsome young actors. We also had fascinating audiences. One time, an entire art class filled up the audience and was sketching the entire time the action on stage. Um, so uh, we, we, uh, me, I, they. That means I forgot where I was and what I was going to say. <laughs> That's not my pronouns. <laughs> but uh, let's see. <laughs> anyway, it, the the thing is, instant theater was trusting the random moment and respect for synchronicity and meaningful coincidence and respect and for the power and riches of our intuitive consciousness. So Jerry and I lived the lessons of instant theater for most all our lives. And of course those lessons were uh, go with the flow and take risk and accept the unknown and live your dreams. And so we did do that. Now, when we were the theater at one point, Needed to help paying the rent. So we started doing family fairy tales that um, we visited a different country or a culture every other week and That's when I became a professional princess So we would do the stories in certain period style like art deco for example or in the style of a famous artist Another example would be a French story and we would do it in the style of Toulouse-Lautrec. And I remember that particular princess because I learned the can-can and I made these spectacular summer -summer slots landing in amazing splits. (laughs) However, today at my age most, many of my friends are still climbing mountains, but I'm lucky to get my pants on and not lose my balance. (laughs) So The way we did the fairy tales was Rachel would choose a story, um, break it up into scenes, and cast it. Oh, princess. Well, actually, I love playing the princesses, but I did also get to play queens and exotic animals and trees and castles. So that was fun too. And and the way we did it, we had one rehearsal, and that was always the X-rated, obscene version of the story. So after, on Fridays after performance, we would go out to eat and uh, talk about the story and share ideas. And so we're ready for the next morning to create our costumes because the costume is a very important to becoming your characters. And we practically had our own value village with amazing stuff. And of course, we proudly wanted our safety pins to show. And we use uh, objects as props, things that they weren't supposed to be, like a queen might have a scepter, which was really an egg beater. And um, so the most fun part was encouraging the kids to be interactively with us and with the play and the players. And afterwards, uh, we would sign autographs, and you of course, a whole bunch of the children came to the heroine princess and the hero prince, but there was a significant number of youngsters who made a beeline for the villain. <laughs> At one time, uh, we adopted a circus dog named Shelley, and uh, she had a 45-minute act, but we never could figure out the cues. <laughs> but Shelley and Rachel's dog Sir Sir Guy, who was a basset hound, had a romance. And so they produced a litter of puppies. So after one of the shows, we said, uh, would anybody like to adopt a princess puppy? (laughs) So they did all get adopted. And our traditional ending was always, and we lived happily ever after, except, for the Greek myths when we would cross our fingers. Because those of you who know are familiar with Greek myths know they don't always end that way. But I, I would l- like to end by wishing each and every one of you to live happily ever after and to understand all the stories of the world, and we did stories from all over the planet, Our people just like you and me and who we are connected with. We are each other. So, um, I would like you, and I would like to invite you to join me in yelling as loud as you can, and we lived happily ever after. And we lived happily ever after! (laughs) Thank you.